This is Glenn Crooks on Frame. There's really nothing uh, I enjoy more than uh, than talking to coaches and picking their brains. And we really do have two of the best here. Uh, and they happen to be assistants to Ronnie Dyla, two men who are integral to the growth and uh, development of New York City FC. Uh, Nick Cushing, 36 years old, uh, has been with the City Football Group since 2008 uh, before arriving here at New York City. He was the uh, coach of the Manchester City women, highly successful. Uh, and we, uh, we actually have a connection. Carly Lloyd, he coached her there. I coached her in college. So we get to discuss that as well. Also with us, 38-year-old Mehdi Belushi, over 200 professional appearances as a player. Uh, and his last uh, uh, professional experience was with New York City FC. So our connection is we've been with the club from the outset in one way or another. Uh, Mehdi joined the uh, academy at New York City FC uh, in 2017. He's coached the U15s, the U14s. Uh, he's also served uh, with the U.S. Uh, youth national team. So welcome to you both. Uh, before we uh, get into some of uh, the detail, I, I, I would like you to both, we don't want to assume everybody knows your backgrounds, uh, just brief introductions. And Nick, you first. Uh, and I've talked to you about this in the past. It, one of those guys that I think you were peering through the fence, trying to figure out if I could hop the fence and start coaching some of these kids. Maybe it wasn't as romantic as that, but it kind of started like that with you for uh, CFG, right? Yeah, it was, it was 2007. Um, I was coaching locally where I live in England, which is probably 30 miles from, from Manchester. Um, and one of the local scouts of Manchester City, of the boys' academy there, um, was just watching some players at the club. It was a, like a semi-professional club, Vauxhall Motors. Um, and that, that scout just approached me. He was watching one of the players in the team, the grassroots team that I was coaching, and he just approached me and... Um, asked me if I wanted to come up and do some voluntary coaching with the younger teams, the the seven, eight, nine-year-olds at Manchester City. Um, so I did that for two, three months. Um, and then I was employed in 2007, it was, I was employed in the recruitment team, which was around local recruitment and, and coaching. I was a coach, so I used to coach the players that the club was looking at potentially trialing and, and adding to the, to the academy teams. Um, stayed in the academy from 2007 right the way through to 2014 and worked across various age groups, uh, five to nine, then 11 to 16, and then supported the 16 and 18 youth teams. Um, and then in 2014, moved across to the women's team. We brought the women's team in-house and made the women's team professional. Um, took the women's team from 2014 to 2000. 20 when I came here um, and then moved across yeah, across to America and moved over to one of the other CFG teams, which is obviously NYCFC. And now I'm assistant coach here. So I've done a lot of different jobs in the, in the organization, but yeah, I've thoroughly enjoyed all of them. Yeah. Enjoyed the stories of those that have paid their dues and worked their way up. And Mehdi, you were, you were playing and, and I'm wondering, was there a point while you were playing maybe near the end of your playing career, maybe before that, were you, we're pretty certain you were going to coach. Yeah, so um, <clears throat> um, probably a little bit more at the end where I started getting even more um, curious and interested um, about the coaching world. I think I was always, you know, into watching games and seeing what different teams, the way the way they're playing, the way they're defending, the way, the way they're attacking. And probably the last four or five years of my career, um, I started getting more into it. Started doing the coaching certifications. 
And then by the time I retired, I started working with the, with the youth, right? So I was in the academy for three years. Um, and, and that was really, um, you know, enjoyed my time there. There was a lot of learning to be done, even though, you know, on the back of a playing career um, and, and working with, you know, with different ages in, in, in the national teams, 14s, 16s and, and 23s. Um, but just being around the academy and tapping into to some of, some of my experiences um, as a player and, uh, you know, thinking back to many different coaches and what they've done in different situations um, has been has been a massive, uh, massive help. Well, Ronnie Dial is the head coach, and uh, I'm curious to know the specific roles. I mean, delegation is such an important part of being a head coach and, and giving responsibilities to your assistants. Nick, what, what is your chief responsibility? Or if there are multiple, that's fine. Yeah, I, th I think for us, there's obviously myself, Mehdi, and then there's, there's another assistant coach, Efra, Efrain. Um, we have Rob as the goalkeeping coach, and we have Dan who is the analyst, Dan Fradley. And I think our predominant role is to support, is to support the boss, is, is, is to, as coaches, to, to support him and his, he, he's obviously the leader, he drives the team. But I think primary, you know, primarily, sorry, our job is to, is to support the team and, and, and support the different arms of how we are going to be successful as a club, whether that be developing the players, whether that be, um, you know, coaching the the individual game plans, whether it's, um, you know, supporting the team off the pitch with with video, and there's many different things. And, and as a staff team, I think this is what's so good about working on this staff team, and why I enjoy it so much is it's not defined as in I do one thing and Medi does something else, and we all we all work together, and the boss gives us a lot of ownership and a lot of responsibility, and that's why I love it because. You know, we're 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 given the responsibility to go out and, and work with the players and work with the team because it's our belief here that if we do that and we do that well, we've got a real good chance of winning. Mehdi, do you find yourself maybe uh, being the, a, a sounding board at times for the players? I mean, you're you you recently retired. Uh, you played in MLS for a long time, so you've really had those specific experiences. So the players come to you sometimes. Yeah, as they, as they would come to to to, to Nick for different things or Efrain for th for different things, I think I think what I what I could probably understand is 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 what they're going through at times, whether they're playing, they're not playing, whether they're performing well, they have confidence, they don't have confidence. Um, I think we do um, we do pretty good job of 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 talking about that within within the coaching staff. And I think like like Nick said, I think a lot of the decisions that we do make, and Ronnie has opened it up. To the coaching staff to be involved in all the decisions. I think everything is talked about from scouting to the way we want to play to the one we want to, you know, the way we want to defend to the way training should look like. So all these things have, you know, get talked about and and, and we do come to decisions together. Um, but yeah, and whether it comes to you know players coming into you know different you know coaches for different things, they for sure do, and I probably get the ones that you know. That are dealing with things and want to share experiences, whether they're playing well or not playing well, as I said, or it could be confidence thing, or could be you know things that are off the field as well. Well, I know when this staff was constructed, it had that sort of thing in mind, right, Nick? I mean, uh, Kerry Bowley, uh, he helped formulate the the plan and and bring different people together because uh, none of you had really worked together 
before, and then you bring it all together. So that's a bit unusual, but it seems to have worked. Yeah, I think that's the art of of good good leadership of of good organisations. I think you know I, I've worked for CFG now for you know since since the uh, the ownership change in two thousand and eight, and that's what I think we do really really well is we don't just conform with the norm and. You know, if, if we take our staff team as an example, we don't just bring a coach in who brings uh, 10 staff and we get rid of the 10 staff previous and we just allow that person to drive the bus for a certain amount of time and in, in one way that they believe. We have a shared way of, of working here across CFG and a shared methodology of, of process, whether it be the style of play, whether it be the way that we work. And our staff team is a, is a really good example of that. We all have really different backgrounds, which has given us really different experiences across the game. Mehdi has, has a, 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 we're all coaches, but Mehdi has a, a real experience of playing MLS and playing across college and, and all of those experiences. F. Ryan's played in South America and also played across in Europe. So he has those experiences. I've had, you know, 18, 19 years of, just coaching i didn't I, I didn't have a playing career but i've i've gone from 16 all the way through to where i am now in in, in working in coaching and studying coaching dan is an analyst where he understands the game and understands coaching but he also understands data and and how data can drive the game and affect the game so and then we have a a, a leader who is really open to allowing people responsibility and ownership and asks a lot of questions and allows us to have an opinion and it, it, I think it works really well because of that reason and that's you know my belief that's our belief as a staff team so it, it, it only can be it can only give us the opportunities to be successful. I want to ask you both about uh, analytics and how much that comes into play as to how you maybe formulate a plan against an opponent or the uh, development of the team. One thing I'll point to is I, I just I, I've only recently, you know, attacked these expected goals, expected assists and, and the different things like that. But if you look at it closely, uh, Anton Tinnerholm versus uh, Gudmundur Torarensen against DC United, it seemed evident that there was a lot more going on on the right side of the pitch than the left. Would you, just for instance, as an example, would you take something like that and then uh, Mehdi kind of pour it into training a little bit, pour it into a coach's meeting and try to figure it out? Yeah, and I think if you talk about that game, for instance, um, if you talk defensively, for example, they played in in a way where they their, their left winger, for example, was was inside with our one of our holding midfields and then jumped as jumped for the regular fan is basically push on another position to, to 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 defend against Anton. So there was a lot more press on that left side versus the, the our left uh, on our right side versus our left side. Um, but yeah, that that was that was looked at in the game and that's in the moment and you kind of have to make a decision within the game and that's the difference. Um, I think doing it within versus looking at it afterwards, like like you're saying. Of course, data does help us, but I think if we had to wait for data for some, something like that, it, it would be too late. I am fascinated by uh, flexible formations, Nick. You know, how you change your shape or how players on their own make adjustments during the course of a game and how much time that takes to, I don't know whether that's instructed, um, but 
that seems to be an important facet because teams can come at you in different ways. Yeah, I think I think our belief here is that we have a methodology. We have we have a we have some concepts of how we want to play, whether that be in any system. Um, and if you get if we coach that right, then changing systems and changing shape in games for various reasons becomes becomes easier. People know how we want to play. We want to play a high possession based game. Um, we're a, we, we want we want to play with the ball a lot. So we we try and press teams and we try and get the ball back as quick as possible and as high up the pitch. So if the player if if we coach the game the concepts well and the method that we want to play well, then changing systems doesn't become that difficult. It just becomes almost putting people in different places. And then you have to look at do we have the right players to play in the right positions because maybe wingers inside, maybe wingers outside, maybe fullbacks high, maybe fullbacks low. Those things come into play. But like I say, if we, if we coach the, the methodology well and, and the players understand the concepts, then the system does it doesn't become that difficult to change the system. Let, let's evaluate together the DC United uh, match for a moment. I'm sure the result was massively disappointing, uh, especially when you see the first 15 minutes or so where it see things were moving well. The goal was produced off of some great ball movement. Uh, what uh, I, I guess the just the open ended question is: What do you think happened, Medi? I'll uh, let you go first. So just just a little bit of background. I think um, obviously a disappointing result for us because on the back of of a great preseason, I think we felt really good about the way we've been working in preseason. We felt really good about where the group is. Um, not only tactically, but also fitness-wise. I think we felt like we were in tip-top shape to, 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 to have a great start for the season. Um, I think, I think any time you play, you know, a team in, within the MLS, you know, within two weeks of, of each other, you know, it, it becomes a tricky game. I think, uh, again, I think the, the MLS schedule is not out by then. So you, you don't have a choice in a, in a pandemic year to pick your opponent. So it's already set and, and you also don't want to cancel it because you do need a game. Um, and in that game, as, as I think you might have been at the game, it got a little spicy to the point where Tati got a red card. So now all of these things are happening and we're still feeling really good about ourselves. We've won the game. We've dominated that performance. We felt like we could have easily, you know, Taking it to DC in DC, um, you're talking about the first 15 to 20 minutes, and we felt really good about that. Of course, exactly stuck to the game plan, exactly how we wanted to look. And we knew the game is, you know, openers are always difficult. You don't know what you're gonna get. It's gonna be a fight probably for the first 15, 20. We're lucky to score, even to create maybe one or two other chances. Um, the game I felt like flipped post that, and I think. For a couple of different reasons, I think one I talked about a little bit is the way they've they've approached it and they try to make it as much of a fight as possible. We weren't able to get the ball to our um, midfielders; didn't get on the ball as uh, you know as you think of James and Keaton get on the ball and dictate give us tempo, and that's because of the structure of what we looked like. Um, and then the game got stretched for us, and I think that like Nick talked about, we want to play with the ball, we want to regain the ball as quickly as possible. But when we stretched like that, it became difficult for us to regain quickly and, and on top of that, be able to keep the ball. So there were some things that happened that we had to digest for the last couple of days. I think uh, there's been some really good conversations within the coaching staff um, and the players. And I think 
we're looking forward to um, to 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 the tweaking some things um, for this week, and we have for the last couple of days, and we're looking forward to, to to the game at home and 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 to, and to turn things around. And Nick, it, it seemed like you know as DC United and and uh, Medi earlier described the, their press, but it seemed like they were coming in waves. And there was a difficulty to move the ball from one side of the field to the other, get the overloads, which I know is a big part of your uh, your method. Yeah, I think I think it sort of comes off the back of what I said previous is when you when you have such a defined style and and, and we're proud of the fact that we have a playing style that has been evolved since the team, you know, was formed. Um it becomes really easy to evaluate the game and there's a lot of different things that are in the game, but we feel we didn't play as well as we can play. Um, and I think that we have those concepts in the way that we want to play and the way that we control games. And ultimately, the control gives us the opportunity to win. You know, like Brad said, you know, the most points over five years, the second most points over, over two seasons. Because of the playing style, that gives us the ability to win consistently. So when we go back to this game... We look at it and you know, we probably didn't do what we normally do when we win games consistently. We definitely didn't do what we've done over the preseason when we've won consistently. So that gives us the opportunity to evaluate the game. You know, it was a home opener for DC. They had fans first time after a year. We played them two weeks before. But ultimately, we didn't do what we, we do well. We didn't keep possession of the ball well enough. We didn't recognise moments to switch the play. We, you know we didn't get control of the game enough and we're disappointed in that, but um, no one always wins. So we have to look at the the game. We have to be better. And if we want to consistently win, we have to get back to playing the way that we play and dictating games and controlling games. And, um, you know, that, yeah, of course they cause us problems, but um, we were disappointed and and the disappointment that the players show this week and as a group, the, the, the hunger and the humility that we've had on the training pitch this week, gives us you know it gives us confidence that um we don't you don't turn into a bad team overnight no and how you respond is uh, sometimes the most integral so uh, one more question for you guys and i'll let you go back and uh, continue your uh, studying for fc cincinnati on saturday and i i think uh, i would imagine there are some good discussions between the staff when with the acquisition of alfredo morales and knowing that you have Keaton Parks and James Sands, who have been really solid in the midfield for you, uh, and and a big part of that midfield, and Maxi Morales, and uh, there seems to be some versatility there where you could play either four at the back or three at the back. And I'm wondering if we could, uh, as we conclude this, kind of distinguish those two systems and how the personnel might work for New York City FC. Uh, Medi? Yeah, so it's, so, you know, if we talk about this preseason, these these are both formations that we've we've trained and we've worked on um, over the, you know over the last you know eight two months. Um, I think we're very familiar about doing both, um, and there are many different reasons that we could flip from one to the other. Um, like Nick said, if we if we do them, we train them very well. If we're very familiar with them, then you can do them in the game without losing the principle of play. And I think it just becomes you know moving different players in different positions without losing. Uh, the principle of play. And I think whether we play three at the back or four at the back, it, it depends what the op- opponent is doing and we what we're trying to get out of it as well. So to give you a few examples, I think um, let's say we're struggling to come out of the back with a four, going back to three might make it a little bit easier. Maybe it's the 80th minute and we want nothing up. 
we're trying to close the game off, we might go three at the back because it does become five when the two wing backs do become full backs. So uh, maybe we are, you know, what you lose again from going to the from a four to a three and without boring all of you guys with tactics is, is the 10, for example. So in a three, four, three, you don't really quite have a 10 and that 10 almost becomes your, your, your middle guy in a three back line. So, but this doesn't mean you can be more defensive or more offensive. You look at a team like Chelsea, for example, or Atalanta, and they're very good with the ball out of a three-back line, and they're able to keep possession and still play the way they play. Again, there's many different reasons. It's about just picking the right reason um, to do what. And again, and, and it probably also goes back, and probably this is the most important, is, is, is the players and which ones they fit you best. And maybe you talk about now Alfredo, James, and Keaton, and maybe Jimmy can easily drop in between Maxime and Kainz, and you have Alfredo and Keaton in the middle. That's for sure an option for us. Yeah, I like that one personally, but uh, yeah. So, But Nick, it's it's nice to have that. Uh, there is a lot of, uh, there are a lot of options there. And I'm wondering, you know, and Mehdi brought it up as we close this, uh, what is the percentage you think you focus on yourselves versus the percentage you focus on the opponent when you're preparing for a match? And I ask that in particular because it seems lately, because the opponent can offer different things like yourselves, that if you're, you spend too much time preparing for them, they might come out with something different. Uh, I think, I think it's, it goes back to the, the methodology of the football club, the detail that, that, that we go into here in the sense of we always prepare to play good football, attacking football. We always want to play with the ball. We always want to prepare to win football games. That's the that's the, the the real excitement of working for CFG. Every one of our teams wants to win, and every one of our teams play to win. So the byproduct of that is the coaches that we recruit and the coaches that we have within the organisation all coach in a way where we always focus on ourselves in the sense of, of course we talk about the opposition and we prepare but the practices that we develop and the the training environments that we have are all about how do we dominate the ball how do we control the game how do we create moments that are going to excite fans how do we create goal chances that are going to help us win football games you can't do that if you talk about the opposition 50, 60, 70% of the time, the majority of practices when you watch our teams. And it's why we're, we're successful with teams is because we, we all work to a way that will help us to play exciting football. You know, if, I, if I'm a fan, I want to come and see a team that plays with the ball and creates goal opportunities and has players. And I think it all goes together. It's all one big process that you know, David and Ronnie and Brad work together to recruit players that are the right fit and coachable in the way that the training programme can prepare them to be a winning team or a, a, a CFG team, a New York City FC team. And like I said before, you know, the most points in five years, the second most points in two years, those are the stats that prove that we are on a journey and a successful journey. And yeah, of course, we talk about ourselves the majority of time and when we win, when we lose, when we're good, when we're bad, it's how we can be better and how we can play a better version of our style. Well, with us here, two of the reasons that supporters should feel very good about uh, their coaching staff uh, and their team, assistant coaches Nick Cushing and uh, Mehdi Belushi. Gentlemen, a pleasure. Really enjoyed it. And thanks for sharing. 
And you'll have about 7,000, you know, celebrating that first goal against FC Cincinnati on Saturday. So that'll be, that'll be nice for you when that happens. So uh, good luck, but, and thank you so much. Thank you. This is Glenn Crooks on Frame.